Welcome to Hope is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope is Here. My name is Greg Horn and I want to talk to you about yielding the how. Yielding the how. Uh, we've been talking uh, the past couple weeks. We've been in a series called After Amen, What Do You Do While You're Waiting on God? And we've been basing that after off, off of a book called After Amen by Rusty George. Uh, he was a guest on Hope Is Here a couple years ago. Got some really good feedback. I really enjoyed reading the book uh, uh, when I got a copy back around that time also. And uh, just uh, been thinking about that recently and then over my 40 years of being a follower of Jesus and a little over 20 now and being a pastor that uh, just things God's taught me between my own personal life and devotions and also reading that book after amen. And maybe if you missed those, I just want to kind of review some of the three points of action that we've talked about over the first two Mondays and Tuesdays where we've been talking about what to do when you're waiting on God. Number one is that we work while we wait. We work while we wait. And we started off talking about maybe the first prayer Jesus heard was when Mary went to Jesus at the wedding and they had ran out of wine. And that was a really, really big deal then because uh, weddings didn't last just the reception just for maybe a few hours after the wedding. They lasted for several days, maybe even a week sometimes, because when people traveled to come, family and friends, it uh, wasn't like they could jump on an airplane and get back to where they lived. It took several days. So once they got there, they wanted to stay for a while. Plus, they may not see each other for a long time. So uh, when the wine ran out, that was a big, big deal. Then, in fact, it was really a disgrace to the, the wedding party, the couple, if they said that, you know, hey, we were out of wine. So Mary said, hey, Jesus, you know, you need to do something. And he said, you know, it is not my time yet. And Mary just simply responded to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. And so we don't know what the time frame was when Jesus told them, but eventually they started to go fill these big 25, 30-gallon containers with water. And then eventually, of course, it became wine, and it was served. And, of course, Jesus always does the impossible quite often. And the, they, when they had the toast, said, usually you save the 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 cheapest wine for last, but you have given us the best wine here. And uh, it's just a really, really great story in the Bible. So sometimes we have to work while we wait, like those people did, getting the water before Jesus performed the miracle. Secondly, we talked about aligning with the why. When you're waiting on God and you've been praying, align with the why. You know, And God's why is always what is it, that will help advance the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, the fact of the matter is we all have our personal needs and wants, and God loves to help us. And the Bible says, cast your burdens upon the Lord because he cares for you. Yet, sometimes we kind of need to do a little reflection and see, are my prayers, are they more just centered on my needs, or do they help also align with the why advancing the kingdom of God here on earth as it will be in heaven one day? And then last but not least, last week we talked about just doing the next right thing when we're waiting on God after praying, just doing the next right thing. And it could be something as simple as 
you know, just reaching out to somebody that God's been saying, you know, you need to call and check on them. Or you need to invite them for lunch. Or maybe you need to help a, a single parent uh, with watching their child so they can have a, a night off and go maybe have dinner with some friends or go run some errands and just kind of have a breather. Or maybe it's getting a gift card for somebody that you know is struggling financially and to help them to be able to buy groceries or maybe to go able to uh, go out and eat for uh, uh, maybe something as simple as a $25 gift card to Chick-fil-A so they can take their two kids out and have something to eat and actually probably needs to be a $30 gift card now, but at least, but you get my point and just doing the next right thing, or maybe it's forgiving somebody that's hurt you. And you're like, I don't feel like doing it. And they, they really hurt me. And yet the Bible says, Jesus said, forgive so that you will be forgiven. But if you miss uh, any of these programs, I want to encourage you to go to our website, hopeisheretoday.org. That's hopeisheretoday.org, and you can find those. Or whatever platform that you listen to podcasts on, we're on all the major platforms. And last but not least, I want to remind you that we do have a YouTube channel, and most of our programs are on that. Uh, simply go uh, type in, when you go to YouTube, Hope is Here, and my name, Greg Horn, that's H-O-R-N, and I uh, hope you'll be blessed by those programs. But we've been kind of basing this series that we've been doing on Monday, Tuesdays, now for the third week, uh, off of a great quote by Corey Tim Boom. She says, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? <laughs> oh, I love that. And you know, we're not about condemning here on Hope is Real, but we, we want to encourage you to to make just make prayer not not making you feel guilty because you don't pray enough, but just making prayer a part of your everyday life. And maybe when you get in your car that most of us drive that listen to this, maybe the first thing in the morning when you do that, you put your hands on the steering wheel to say, Lord, I want to let you be the director of my life today. And I want to invite you to be a part of my life. And uh, I want to join you where you're working. So I give you permission to do that. And it just can be a really, really powerful thing and a game changer for you and not make prayer just the thing like you get the spare tire out when you have a flat tire when you have an emergency, right? <laughs> uh, we've all been there. And yet God wants to just do life with us throughout the day and love that God loves to converse with his kids. Billy Graham says, our prayers must be in accordance with God's will. He knows better what is good for us than we know ourselves. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, God does not give us everything we want, but he does fulfill his promises, leading us along the best and straightest paths to himself. Dale Carnegie wrote a great book called How to Win Friends and Influence People, just one of the best all-time selling books, said, by fighting, you never get enough, but by yielding, you get more than you expected. Say that one more time. By fighting, you never get enough, but by yielding, you get more than you expected. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Yield the how to God, how God answers your prayers. A couple weeks ago, we talked about that importance of aligning the why. But you know what? Also, the how is so important. Not so much how we ask, but yielding to the how that God answers. Rusty George in his book, After Amen, said, You know, at some point in our spiritual journey, we begin to yield to God the why things happen the way they do. And eventually, we begin to surrender the what that God chose to do. 
It makes sense that we must also surrender the how. You know, Paul, who wrote more books in the Bible, he also had to wait. Uh, you think when the when you think about that with Paul, I mean, here's a guy who just had this radical conversion to Jesus in the Bible, and it winded up that he had to wait three years before he was able to start his ministry. And Paul is just a great uh, reminder that sometimes we have to wait before we're able to get started uh, doing what God has. And it's not how we would have done if you're Paul and you have this amazing conversion. Uh, here's a guy that used to kill Christians. I mean, and yet now after losing his eyesight and being blinded on the road to Damascus, and then Jesus, you know, just confronted him and said, Paul, why are you persecuting me and my people that love me? And after that, of course, Paul was <laughs> changed forever. Yet he had to wait three years before God used him to influ influence thousands upon thousands of people. He wrote more books in the New Testament than anybody else, yet he had to wait. So obviously Paul was like, you know, why and how, God? But, but God, who knows what God was doing, as we've talked about before. God was probably working behind the scenes. Then you think about Joseph. What happened to Joseph? Had that dream as a kid and shared it with his brothers that they one, one day bowed down before him. And <laughs> at first they're just like, you know, yeah, right, get, get out of here. But then uh, I got a feeling maybe Joseph was kind of a, you know, aggravating younger brother. And then they eventually were going to kill him. So he must have been a really pain in the side. But, uh, Thankfully, one of the brothers said, no, let's don't kill him. Let's just let's sell him as a, a slave, and we can get a little money from him, and we don't want to kill him. So then, of course, as you know, he became promoted in Potiphar's house and uh, you know, was over everything, a really, really rich guy, but then was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and was thrown in jail. Then while he was there, he interpreted a dream, and he asked, you know, for, for the king and said, hey, remember me, and it was three years before uh, somebody remembered him. And yet while he was in prison all that time, it says the favor of the Lord was with Joseph. And I want to say to you today, if you're in a tough season of life and you understand why or, God, how are you working things out, that the favor of the Lord can be with you wherever you are. It may not be where you plan to be, yet God can say, hey, you know, uh, I'm working behind the scenes like I was in Joseph's life. And as you go on and think about all the time that Joseph had to wait, those 13 years of all that he went through before he became the second most powerful man in all the land. And then his brothers actually did wind up coming and bowing down before him because he helped to feed them when there was a great famine in Egypt. And I want you to think about where the nation of Egypt would have been if Joseph had given up and not trusted God on the how and yield to the how. I mean, think where the church would have been if Paul would have just said, you know, man, I'm done. I'm not waiting anymore. It's been two years. You know, thanks for giving me that amazing experience, but I'm out. But both chose to do something so key in understanding of our prayers over 2,000 years later, friends. They choose to trust God with the what, the why, and even the how. Say that one more time. They choose to trust God with the what, the why, and even the how. I love this quote by Rick Warren. I want to change my circumstances. God wants to change me. 
Uh, when I read that several years ago, uh, that stung a little bit. One more time. I want to change my circumstances, but God wants to change me. Friends, as I reflect over my life, and I think if you'll take some time to do that today, the times that I've changed is when I've hurt the most. And also, that's when God's molded me more into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. But a lot of times, we kind of kick and scream, and we fight it, don't we? We want to know why and what, and yet, sometimes we just got to trust God and say, you know, don't understand you, but I trust you, and I'm going to trust you with the how you're going to work this thing out. And, you know, and how God chooses to do things seems to be a question for all of us, doesn't it? You know, it's frequently uh, always a point of contention for those people around Jesus. And, uh, you know, people in Matthew chapter 12 are kind of getting restless. And Jesus had claimed to cast out demons and teachers of the law. And uh, they wanted to see some proof by then. And this had actually been asked for before. Yet, despite all the miracles Jesus had already performed, when Jesus starts saying he has power over death and demons, they, they wanted to see some proof. Is he really the Messiah or is he just a magician? And to be fair, what's the harm in Jesus doing a couple extra miracles to ease these people's minds? I think you and I were probably obliged. to. I know me being the people pleaser I am, I probably would have, but not Jesus. Jesus replied, only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so the man, so the son of man will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Obviously, Jesus was predicting his death upon a cross, his burial, but his resurrection on the third day. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I hope you'll join us again tomorrow as we'll continue talking about after amen, what to do what you're, while you're waiting on God and to yield the how on hope is here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. Feeling a little blue this holiday season? Struggling with depression or anxiety? Feeling a little hopeless? Join Greg Horn, Stacy McDonald, and other mental health advocates in Lexington on Saturday, December 2nd for the State of Mind Gospel of Mental Health Conference as they share on how you can go from hopeless to hopeful. To register and find out more information, go online at thegospelofmentalhealth.org. That's thegospelofmentalhealth.org.